Coming up is a throwback episode with the creator of one of the most popular and beloved Twitter apps of all time. They are still crushing it in the app store and it is definitely an app I still use today. His name is Paul Haddad and he is the programmer behind TapBot's creator of TweetBot. This is a phenomenal interview with an indie app developer that has stayed indie and is still crushing it in the app stores. You're going to learn a whole lot and a lot of the strategies still apply today. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. From marketing analytics to omni-channel campaigns to marketing automation, CleverTap is the all-in-one solution to help you retain your users for life. Learn more at clevertap.com. Welcome to the Mobile App Chat Podcast. I am Steve P. Young, and I've got an awesome, awesome guest for you today. His name is Paul Haddad, and he's the co-founder of TapBot. You guys have probably heard of the app TweetBot, which I absolutely love, and a lot of my guests, Paul, have said it's one of their favorite apps. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Steve. And uh, hey, it's one of my favorite apps, too. <laughs> I always love it when a guest says, my favorite app is X, Y, and Z, and I've had a guest on. Now I can say, hey, TweetBot, yep, I've actually had Paul on the show. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, Paul, I like to start off every show with some download numbers. Do you mind sharing the download, num- the download numbers of all your apps? Uh, yeah, we don't normally do that, but, um, you know, let's say we've had a healthy set of download numbers, uh, as of at least right now, we're number one paid in the U S so that's always a, a nice thing to see. Yeah. That's Tweetbot three. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. When it came out, I was like, finally, (laughs) right. And I know you saw it on Twitter a lot. I follow you and you, people are like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I'm sure you got pinged a lot. It definitely uh, took a while, but we kind of wanted to really, you know, get into the whole iOS 7, you know, experience instead of just doing a quick and dirty port where we just changed some icons. We really went in there and kind of redid the UI from the the ground up. And, you know, it took a while to learn uh, some of the new technologies like the uh, UI Dynamics uh, physics engine and not only to learn it, but to to get a feel for, you know, exactly when to use it and, uh, you know, what uh, animations felt right, which ones were a bit too slow, which ones might be a little too fast and et cetera. So, that, you know, we, and honestly, we, we like to take our time. We You know, we don't... Uh, have uh, corporate masters telling us that you know something has to be done Mm -hmm. on a particular day and time and uh, so we take our time and um, you know try to release it when it's right when it's done well that definitely shows so paul let's take it back to 2008 when you and mark are well why don't you tell the story you're 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 working at oakley and then how, how come you guys decide to actually launch your first ios app 
So yeah, we were working at Oakley and, uh, it, you know, we were on, I don't even remember the exact project, but you know, it was one of those things where, um, I guess like going back to, we don't like being told when things need to be done. Uh, we were working on a Sunday, uh, afternoon, uh, trying to get something done for the, you know, for the very next day or for the next couple of days. And, uh, we're like, you know, looking at, you know, iPhone stuff and that kind of just all came out and, uh, we were like, Hey, why don't we, uh, try to put together an app? And, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, Mac slash next, uh, objective C stuff for, uh, it's like 20 plus years now, which is kind of, you know, disappointing or, uh, when you, put it that way. It's like uh, half my life has been working on this stuff and makes me feel really old, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and Mark's an awesome designer. And so we kind of just like, you know, we're getting a little burnt out on that particular project and like, Hey, let's, uh, why don't we try to put something together? And it kind of just went from there, you know, didn't really expect too much of it, but, uh, it, it kind of took off. So. And that was this weight, weight bot. Yeah, weight bot. And as uh, usual for me, I was also trying to lose weight at the time. So uh, it kind of worked out well. You know, we, we had the idea of, uh, you know, coming up with the weight tracker. And uh, Mark had the whole uh, concept of a robot and keeping it super simple as opposed to, you know, a lot of the apps where they try to let you track every single detail and make it complex. We just you know, kind of came up with something where you could go in and, you know, tap once, put your right weight in, tap again, and you're done. And, um, you know, I think we were probably one of the first to come up with this kind of very custom UI as opposed to using the standard elements. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it became popular with a lot of people. Now, back in 2008, you're still at Oakley. When did you guys decide to finally leave and do it full time on your own? Um, I believe it's about a year later when we were releasing, um, convert bot and it did well as well. And we said, Hey, uh, we're actually doing pretty good. We can, um, do this full time where I think we're both making more money on that than what we were doing at Oakley and, you know, had some saved up in the bank from basically working two jobs and, uh, you know, decided to have a go at it. Nice. And when you guys were coming up with different ideas for your apps, how do you generally come up with these ideas and how do you know that this is worth building? Um, you know, we're always bouncing ideas back and forth on, you know, what we would like to do next. And, um, to be honest, it was a while ago, so I can't remember how those stuck, but it was probably the, the idea of the week. <laughs> at least a couple of those like, Hey, why don't we do this? Uh, Hey, this sounds like an interesting app that we're, uh, uh, that we'll use, which is actually an important thing for us. We want to write apps that, you know, we're actually going to make some use out of. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Waypot was obviously, uh, you know, uh, probably a lot of me wanting to lose weight and, uh, you know, wanting to, have a nice way to keep track of that and 
you know, different ones came up for uh, different reasons. Um, PaySpot, for example, uh, you know, I've done a lot of stuff with the, with the pasteboard before and, um, you know, that new feature had just come out at WWDC um, for whatever year that was. And we are like, Hey, uh, we can probably, you know, try something and, and get some use out of it and, uh, you know, make a cool app where you can copy on your Mac and, see it on your iphone and vice versa mm, yeah i do love that i love that i gotta check that out i mean i'm a heavy user of tweetbot i haven't really checked out all the other ones but that pacebot when i saw it i was like i got it this is actually something that i've been wanting to use and so yeah i'm glad you built that <laughs> sorry did you want to say something paul no i mean it's it's that one's kind of a, a more interesting app because uh you know it's a more of a productivity app compared to our other ones which are more tailored to just about anybody that one's more you know you're a, you're, you're somebody who's heavily into using a computer and so on so it's kind of a different app for us than the other one less mar- mass market i guess you would say mm-hmm. now i know you develop on the mac too what's the sort of the 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 breakdown in terms of downloads and yeah in terms of downloads versus ios and mac oh it's definitely a lot higher on iOS than than Mac and we have obviously just Tweetbot right now on the on the Mac and um, you know it you know there's there's definitely a, an interesting market on on the Mac side it's uh, probably a lot more open than the current iOS market is because uh, right now iOS side of things is really um, getting taken over by the whole freemium genre and you can you can see like you know if you ever go look at top grossing it's pretty much all these freemium games most of them are like little spammy games you know buy 80 dollars worth of coins where you can buy whatever junk is in that particular game and there's not so much of that going on on the uh on the mac side but also on the mac side there's a lot lower volume so you kind of have to compensate for that a little bit with with higher prices but uh, you know there's definitely room in both markets if you know you play it right and you know we're definitely planning to do more stuff on the mac side in the over the next year okay Nice. And how do you guys, well, this is something that we talked about before we hit record, but since you brought it up, the freemium whole model, if you were starting today, would you have potentially gone to a freemium route with Tweetbot or any other, any of the other apps that you have? Well, we definitely can't ever go any kind of freemium model with uh, Tweetbot just um, because of the whole Twitter token limit thing where we can only have so many copies of, um, the app on Mac and iOS and that kind of goes off into another whole tangent on the price points of Mac and iOS and why, you know, it's so much higher on the Mac. Um, but we've talked a little bit about trying the, the freemium side of things. I'm not a hundred percent convinced it works well for anything, but something like games. Um, but I, I think we might try it at some point in the in the future, some point next year. But um, hmm. you know, I definitely prefer the whole paid model. Just you know, you 
pay for an app and you know what you're getting. You're not going to get uh, ads. You're not going to get, um, you know, add this feature for, you know, $1 and, you know, or add this, uh, what are they doing? Stickers. Oh yeah. For, right. Uh, you know, virtual goods. sticker pack for 10 bucks or, you know, I'm never, I've never been a big, big fan of that, but there's definitely, you know, there, there's something going on in, in the whole, you know, app store market. The, um, the whole top paid is, um, making a lot less money than it was a year or two ago. And I think a lot of that is moving over to the, uh, you know, the top grossing slash freemium market, which is mm-hmm. making ridiculous amounts of money. And I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, the one, you know, number one through five of the top grossing apps are easily making, you know, 200,000 a day. Wow. So, um, you know, there's definitely something there. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that Apple does a few things to kind of push people back into the paid market. Cause I think that's better for most developers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd like to see a nice healthy economy where it's not just all, uh, going to a few players who've managed to figure out how to, you know, con kids out of their allowance by selling little virtual trinkets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you're, I'm looking at the, this is early November, mid November, and you're number 41 in top grossing, number one in paid. Now, just for like the indie developer, give us a little inspiration. We're talking like six figure downloads when you're in that realm. Uh, no, it's actually not. It's, it's definitely five figures, but, uh, it used to be six figures, which is interesting. I think I'm pretty sure, well, I'm pretty sure number one used to be high five figures, low six figures, uh, downloads as far as top paid, but it's not anymore. Mm. And so. this is what I would love to talk to you about too, and how you come up with the pricing model. Cause I'm going to be honest, like my friends were saying tweet bot, tweet bot. And I was like, what it's, I think it was $3. Now I don't know because I just buy, but mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't know. Like I, I'm Twitter does fine. And then I was like, forget it. I'm, I'm going to buy it. And then I'm like, cause I wanted to really get more into Twitter. So I ended up buying it now. I absolutely love it. So it doesn't really, really matter to me how much you charge. So, you know, I'm going to get it anyways, but how do you guys come up with that pricing? Well, pricing is really, uh, is really tough. And I can't say we actually optimize it, uh, because, you know, we've tried a number of things in the past and we've kind of st- stuck with, uh, you know, at least $2 or more for, for apps. We found that, uh, at least in the past that 99 cents just doesn't cut it unless you're, you know, consistently in the, you know, top 10 or something like that, mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, after the 30% cut after, you know, everything that's, that's involved, it just, you know, not something many people can pull off and, uh, you know, make a living out of. Mm-hmm. So we've, you know, we've kind of gone, uh, back and forth. We've got, I think most of our apps right now at one ninety nine, which I think is, is probably a good price for simpler utilities. Um, for something like Tweetbot, there's, you know, one, uh, a whole lot of maintenance involved in that, you know, mm-hmm. there's new Twitter APIs that come out. There's, 
running push servers. There's um, a lot of support involved, and all that stuff costs money. And um, you know, we kind of went with the 299 model, and for uh, 3.0, we're going up to uh, five dollars, which um, hopefully will allow us to add some even cooler features uh, coming up in the future, but it'll also affect, um, you know, obviously how many uh, sales we get. And I don't know if uh, going up to $5 versus where we are, $3 is going to end up making us more or less money. And it's kind of one of those things where you don't really know until you try it. Yeah. Well, I want to know, do you hear the dog in the background by any chance? No. Okay, good. Because I'm hearing it and I want to, Make sure the listeners can, if they do hear it, that I acknowledge that there's a dog barking in the background because I'm in our living on room. Your, on your end? Yeah, on my end. Okay. Because I got, <laughs> I got the dogs here and they're not, uh, they're just chilling out. Okay. No, they're, it's, it's on my end. It's my neighbor and she has a couple of dogs that go crazy. Anyways, so, you know what? I actually ran some pricing on one of my apps and, you know, I had it at 99 and then I increased it to 199 because I just wanted to see what the difference is. Now, I'm not getting the, the amount of downloads that you are, but at the same right. time, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like half of the downloads that I was getting. So I was actually getting paid more and right. actually it's the right price point for me. That's what I figured out. It's mm-hmm. the way yeah, to go. Like I said, 99 probably doesn't make sense at all for, you know, the vast majority of people. Maybe, you know, you do a 99 cent sale once in a while, but, uh, you know, 199 is definitely a more um, useful price point for for developers to to target. And hopefully more than that, uh, you know, if you have a, more of a niche uh application where it's not that many people are going to use it i think that would make sense to to try some of the higher price points um you know i think a lot of applications probably should be you know five ten dollars but mm-hmm. uh, that's really really hard to pull off in the uh, in the app store these days just because there's just so much free um, apps out there, so many 99 cent apps up there. There's Apple, um, you know, pushing all their apps for free. And, um, you know, it's just, there's a lot working against having those higher price points. Yeah, I agree. And I want to talk about next is I love, I mean, if I'm sure the listeners have have tweetbot and if you don't go download right now because just just playing with the different interactions and i I love just everything that you've done to it so the simplest features that i love is when you tap on a picture you show it and then i I think i swipe up to get rid of it but i have to do some gesture and it's really intuitive because i don't even remember it but you know there's that animation that kind of makes it look like you're flying away but before you guys get there you and mark like talk to me about okay here's like what 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 is that approach what is that framework that step-by-step framework that you guys use when you have this ideal i mean idea for tweetbot three and then you know like are you mocking things up what what is that step-by-step approach um it's actually pretty simple normally mark will just say hey i i want it to do this um and we had swiping away uh, working more or less in uh, tweetbot two but 
with the new iOS 7 API, it makes it a lot easier to make that kind of a physics-based gesture where you can swipe it and it goes in the right direction and starts rotating and um, things like that. So we actually had a lot of that in mind before as far as, you know, we want to be able to swipe it away, but in the previous OS, you can't really do it very easily. It's more of a, you know, swipe and it goes straight up or straight down. And uh, a lot of times it doesn't quite work because you're swiping at a slight angle. And um, so, you know, I think on that one, we've always wanted to have a nice swipe and we kind of, both saw the uh, WWDC talks about the new physics uh, frameworks, and I uh, experimented with it a little bit and got it to, you know, feel, you know, more or less right. You know, get that interaction where you're just kind of tossing the image away and it goes away, and your uh, timeline comes back in play. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm doing. I'm playing with it right now, and I didn't even notice this, but you can swipe anywhere, and it will kind of the image will, what's the right word I'm looking for, will sort of play with wherever you're swiping. So if I'm swiping down, it'll, it'll have the nice little animation down and things like that. That's brilliant, Paul. Yeah, I love it. If you, if you, you know, swipe from the edge, you'll start rotating a little bit because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of acting like you're swiping from where you touched your finger uh-huh. on the screen. So, you know, you can play around with it, try to get it rotated all the way around and try to, see how many times you can flip it before it goes off the screen. <laughs> right. So it's kind of a, almost like a game. Yeah. In that interaction. Well, there's this great podcast episode that I did. Well, I don't want to say great and toot my own horn, but was, the guest was great. And it was Scott Lindenbaum who created the Spun app. And he was talking about, you know, how to really create a killer iOS app. And he was talking about really rewarding every gesture. And what I'm really seeing from TweetBot and all your apps is more like you are doing that, right? Like from the simplest swipes to the simplest things like that, that image, it does feel good. And I don't know, for me, like I love it when I'm I'm using a well-designed app because it just makes me feel good for some reason. Yeah, and that's uh, something we put a lot of extra effort in uh, when doing TweetBot 3.0, which is, um, you know, we wanted to simplify the UI, make it more, um, you know, look more like the rest of iOS 7. Uh, But doing that, you kind of lose some of the personality of the application. And we wanted to still have a personality, and we try to put that in as these uh, animated gestures and physics uh, gestures. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's hard to see that on uh, the app store because you only see static images of an application. So you see it and, hey, it looks kind of dull and it's all white and it, you know, doesn't look like there's anything special. But, you know, hopefully once you download it and you play it, you you can get some of that fun, um, you know, swiping the images away or uh, moving your accounts around and watching them, you know, do all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when you were building TweetBot, did you guys kind of look at the App Store and say, you know, all these other Twitter apps don't do this? Like, here's what I really want from it. What were you guys thinking? And what were some of the problems that you saw? So when we were first building it, um, I think our goal was to um, 
build an app that has that personality. You know, there were a lot of good uh, Twitter clients out there, but they were either, you know, very functional or, you know, very unique looking, but there wasn't something that did both tasks well. And we wanted to have something that was really functional, but also, you know, had a personality, had a unique look to it. Um, and that's kind of what we targeted. Yeah. And it, it shows now, Paul, what I hear from listeners is just the difficulty of getting in front of eyeballs. And when you're, I know now you probably just ping a couple of your favorite bloggers and say, Hey, we've got a new version coming out. And they're like, perfect. Great. Can't wait to write about it. But before, like, take me back to the days when you're trying to get press and you, you know, maybe you were having a hard time and what really worked for you guys. Um, it was basically a lot of that pinging all the bloggers and saying, Hey, we've, we've got this app. And it was obviously, uh, somewhat easier, you know, four or five years ago when there weren't that many, uh, developers out there that weren't a million different apps trying to compete with that. And fortunately we were able to kind of build a brand and people know to expect quality products from us. So now we have a lot more contacts with, uh, you know, press and bloggers, et cetera. Um, but what's actually kind of interesting and we kind of just found out is even with all that, uh, you know, we had a pretty big launch with Tweetbot 3, a lot, you know, pretty much all the major blogs mm -hmm. wrote about it. Mm -hmm. And even with all that, there's a lot of people who didn't even know anything about it. Even our, you know, existing users didn't know that there was a new version out. <laughs> I'm one of them, Paul. I didn't, it's not until I, I read it on a different blog. I was like, oh, okay, it's here. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, it was interesting because we, uh, we, we took Tweetbot 2 out of the store so that people wouldn't get confused between the, you know, the two versions when all the new press came out. Mm -hmm. And um, we put it back because it turns out a lot of people don't know how to um, download an old application that you previously bought but is no longer in the store and so we kind of put it back um, and we put a little note on it uh, at the top of the uh the change log that said hey you know um if you're uh, running ios 7 check out uh, tweetbot 3 that's just come out and is you know fully supported uh, etc and just doing that little act kind of skyrocketed our uh our downloads you know we were out of the top 10 now we're back in just from doing that because uh you know regardless of how much press you get it seems like a lot of people just don't follow any of that mm. now when you said you had this big launch did you what was that plan that you guys had in place um well we normally We'll contact all the, the various different blogs uh, throughout the the process. We have a you know number of people on our uh, beta program that you know write for different blogs, so that a lot of them were already involved. Anyways, um, we normally like to you know give at least a few days before we launch for everybody to you know once the app's approved and um, you know, get all the bloggers to get the, you know, the version, the final version from the app store. Uh, 
But this time around, we actually had some issues getting approved and, you know, everything was kind of delayed because of the Mavericks launch and just, you know, the app stores taking like a week plus to review a lot of apps and just a lot of stuff going back and forth. And we actually didn't get it approved until a couple hours before we launched. Oh, wow. Which, uh, yeah, which is kind of different because normally we'll have at least a couple days to to get everything in line and prepare, but uh, not this time around. We, and we normally like to launch early in the uh, in the morning around 9, 8, 9 uh, PST. And uh, this time we kind of, you know, we just got approved late and, you know, we already were getting a lot of pressure from pretty much everybody to launch the app. And uh, <laughs> so it, it was definitely a different launch than uh, what we're used to as far as timing of it. Yeah. What I hear from most people is, you know, they'll set a date really far forward in advance. And then when Apple actually approves, then they set that date, that launch date, and that becomes the official launch date. And so right. you already had the official launch date in mind when you're telling the press, but then Apple <laughs> had to pick up and catch up to that date. Uh, well, no, I mean, Apple does what Apple does. So, <laughs> well. You know, we, you know, we had a date in mind and we kind of wanted to launch on that date and we figured it would be approved by then because, uh. you know, normally it, even, you know, even when they're really backed up, it's normally no more than seven days. And unfortunately in this case, it was a lot more than seven days. So we kind of, you know, it's just we pretty much had given up on launching on that particular day, and then they got approved. Oh, wow. And so we uh, just went ahead and launched. Now, you said you launch at 9 a.m. PST. Is there a reason for that? Because I've heard from others that they they try to launch 6 a.m. EST. Oh, that sounds awfully early. I, I mean, um, I, I think... And I can't say I'm right or wrong, but it feels like 9 a.m., 8, 9 a.m., you're going to get both the people who are waking up on the uh, West Coast and reading their uh, feeds, their Twitter feeds, their blogs, and also the same thing over on the East Coast. Uh, If you launch something earlier than that, you're probably going to run a risk of um, having it uh, disappear from the top uh, news stories in their feeds. Mm. Right. If you look at something like The Verge, uh, stories don't stay up at the top very long. So I think, you know, at least this is my idea of it, it's always better to launch, you know, a little later in the morning and hopefully you stay up longer in that uh, news cycle or at least more people are around to see it when it's at the top than when it's starting to slide down. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Uh, that's just what I've always done. Makes sense to me. And uh, 6 a.m. EST would be awfully early to, to get <laughs> up and get everybody, uh, get everybody going. Especially, you know, you got people who have to push these stories live. Uh, I'm sure they don't want to, you know, have to get up or, you know, 4 a.m., uh, or 3 a.m. I guess in the West Coast to launch the stuff. Right, right. So because they all, you know, they all like to launch as soon, you know, as it's available in the App Store, and everybody likes to have their stories out first. Yeah, even if it's a few minutes. So 
do you have to, are you like sending emails saying it's at a certain time or do you send an email right when it hits the app store? Uh, we'll send an email um, saying we're planning to push the big green button, which is the, the release button in uh, iTunes Connect uh-huh. at X time, eight or nine, whatever it is. And you're um, welcome to publish as soon as you see it live in the store. Okay. Because the propagation delay between, you know, you pushing that button and the iTunes caches uh, clearing or refreshing is kind of random. Sometimes it's like 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it's two or three hours. And uh, I think it's important that um, when you're releasing an app, that somebody can go and buy it right away Mm -hmm. as opposed to, Oh, I see the review for it. I'm clicking on the thing to check it out, but it's not available. And Hey, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, I've forgotten all about it. Right. Right. I love it. So Paul, what's coming up next for Tapbots? Um, well, we've got a, at least a couple more, uh, tweet bot updates to do. We're, hopefully finishing up our uh, night mode update uh, as you know, assuming we can get all the colors looking just right and everything working over the next couple weeks. And then um, uh, after that, we got some more interesting stuff that I don't want to talk about coming to Tweetbot, And um, hopefully if after that, we're going to be restarting CalcBot and uh, getting a new version of that going. Let's pause for the cause. Want to see the email scripts I use to land guests, get press, and validate business ideas? Well, for just $27, you'll get access to 33 of my best email scripts. These are the scripts I use to get press on TechCrunch, land big-time guest blog posts, and also, it's an email script that I used to receive a 70% open rate on a cold email. All you have to do is is go to mobileappchat.com slash email. That's mobileappchat.com slash email, and you'll find all the information there. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, Paul, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is your favorite mobile app? I I think I I mentioned it before, uh, you know, and this is going to sound really vain, but it definitely is TweetBot because it's the app I use 99% of the time when I'm on uh, my devices, it's pretty much Tweetbot, Mail, and Safari. And, uh, you know, I use some other apps, but, you know, it's the one I, I'm always going to go uh, back to because, you know, I do so much with Twitter. So, uh, yeah, that sounds vain and horrible, but, hey, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, I think the story, underlying story is really build an app that you would love to use. And you can see all the passion that you're putting behind TweetBot in all the little features that you guys actually do end up building. So I think that's the underlying story, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like using the app. And when we're looking at features, we also like to add features that we're going to use and, you know, we're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Paul, just for fun, give us a half-baked idea for an app, something you wouldn't mind someone else working on. All right. So I think I came up with this um, a few weeks ago when one of my kids um, showed me this cookie clicker app, which, you know, I I don't like talking bad about uh, 
well, maybe I do like talking bad about some developers, but this is about the dumbest <laughs> app idea I've ever seen. Your whole purpose of it is to continuously tap the screen and it gives you more cookies or points or something. And then you use the points to buy things that tap on the screen for you. Oh, wow. And that's the, and at least from what I understand, that's the entirety of the game. And I just can't quite understand why that is appealing to anybody, but um, <laughs> apparently a lot of the kids like it and I keep hearing about it and it's just driving me nuts. But um, so my idea kind of stemmed off that pointless, uh, you know, game type application. And it was basically, uh, why don't you create an application that uses the front camera on your iPad, iPhone, etc to track how long you can stare at the screen. <laughs> like a staring contest between yourself? <laughs> between you and the screen. And I guess you could go crazy and, uh, you know, do network staring contests and, oh, man. you know, use uh, in-app purchase to buy blinks or something. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, as silly as it sounds, I think done correctly, somebody could probably make money for it and I would, uh, be disgusted by it, but, uh, would understand. Your kids would come and say, Hey dad, take, take a, take a look at this. Yeah. Look, I've been staring at this for 10 minutes. I'm right. blind now, but I won. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, given the way the app store works, if you did it right, you could probably make money off it. And, you know, what else can I say? Well, Mark, I hope you're listening to this because <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think you guys should do it. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we try to get apps done that we can be uh, somewhat proud of. <laughs> the, I don't know if I could, be proud of uh, putting something like that out. This is why it's one of my favorite questions, and you, you get to hear these type of stories. And I, I think it just gets the creative, creative juices rolling, and kind of, you know. But I love it, Paul. I love it. So, Paul, what yeah. advice would you give anyone looking to build a mobile app? Oof, that's that's a tough one because um, you know the market has really changed over the last uh, year or two, even last six months. It seems like. Just everything is moving over to that uh, freemium market. Um, but also a lot of those freemium things are games. And if you're not into the whole, uh, you know, creating a game scene, I don't really know what the answer is. Um, you know, I think right now, you know, we've gone past the, you know, the peak iOS uh application stage where everybody was going to the app store every week and download or every day and downloading new cool stuff. I think right now there's a lot of uh, established players in the field and it's really hard to, to get in there and, you know, break in and make something new. Um, you know, I think the only thing I could say is, you know, pick something that you want to work on and, uh, polish the hell out of it you know uh, you you're not going to come up with a, with a new idea or the chance of you coming up with a new idea or slim um but there's 
probably plenty of apps out there that uh, can be made a lot better than they are today. Mm-hmm. So uh, pick something, uh, hopefully not a weather app or a to-do app, uh, because there's just a lot of those. But uh, <laughs> pick something that you'll use. Pick something um, that you can um, do better than anybody else and try to focus on that. I love that. And if the audience wants to learn more about you and your products, where would they go? Um, probably just the TapBots website, or you can follow me on Twitter. There should be a link on the on the website uh, for that, and you can see me, uh, you know, being snarky and making fun of people left <laughs> and right. I love it. Go follow Paul. I mean, it's I'll link it up into the show notes. So if you guys want to go check it out there, but go follow him. It's funny. It's hilarious. And I loved it when people were try- like just pinging you all the time on Twitter saying, where's Tweetbot for iOS 7? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, and just- now it's turned into, why, why do we have to pay for it? <laughs> right. But it is what it is. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on and doing this for me. Sure, Steve. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.